Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast, border to border, around the world on the American Forces Radio Network, Sports Byline USA, SB Nation Radio. It's uh, nice to welcome Jerry Knack to the show. His uh, title is Oakland Raiders historian, but he's also the author of a a new uh, fictional series as well. Uh, Book one from the Dark Passage series is called The Dark Truth. We'll get to that in a second. But, uh, uh, Jerry, first of all, congratulations on it. I know you worked in the media department for a few years there. That's when I first got to know you. And then to become Raiders historian uh, for, you know, you know how much I love the Raiders. That's a pretty impressive title, sir. Well, thank you very much, Rick. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on the program. Uh, yeah, I've been here at the Raiders. This is my 18th season. Worked in digital media for a long time, and some time ago, uh, the folks here at the Raiders asked me if I wanted to become the historian. We haven't had anybody since Al Locasal, uh, who was a full-time caretaker of it. You know, Mike Taylor uh, has been involved in it um, a little bit over the years as well, but uh, they decided it was time to have somebody full-time to tell the stories that we need to tell and, and take care of the artifacts and photographs and, and everything that goes with the Raider organization and its history. When you were in the United States Navy stationed in Reykjavik, Iceland, bowling seven nights a week, did you figure this was in your future? <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, yes, it was three different leagues, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was stationed in Iceland. And uh, shout out to uh, all the folks in the armed forces around the world listening to your show, Rick, uh, as a former armed forces radio and television broadcaster. Um, and that's what I did in Iceland, and it was interesting that uh, that's what convinced me I could have a career in sports. I used to host a sports talk radio show there, the only one in AFRTS. And uh, some friends there and, and people on my show that kind of convinced me that I could I could learn how to cover sports. And it kind of led me down this path, and I ended up here at the Raiders uh, about three years after I got out of the service. Well, the thing about the Raiders, too, because if you're a historian of the Falcons, that's one thing. You know, they have definitely a history. You go Steve Barkowski, you go down the line. If you're a historian of the Seahawks, you talk about Zorn and Craig. I mean, it's one thing. But the Raiders are a whole different deal from how they began. They were going to be the, of course, the the, the AFL gave the last franchise to (laughs) Minneapolis. And then so the NFL said, We'll give them the Vikings. So then we got the franchise, and they're going to be called the Seniors. Luckily, they were the Raiders. They were ridiculous under Marty Feldman. And then the guy named Al Davis comes in, changes the color scheme, and the Hall of Fame maverick ownership of Al Davis begins. I mean, even there, that is like a year's worth of research. So when you think about it, there's just no team like the Raiders is what I'm trying to say. It's very unique. Right. And so I'm a big believer in serendipity, right? So here's here's kind of how, since you mentioned that, how that happened as far as the coaches go. Marty Feldman, uh, you know, he was the second coach. Eddie Erdelatz, and, and here's your Navy tie-in because yep. he was a coach at Navy in the right. 50s. And I know you just covered the Army-Navy game, and, mm-hmm. and that didn't come out the right way. But, right. Um, you know, go Navy. Right. Um, but uh, Eddie Erdelatz, uh turned down the L.A. Chargers job in the fall of 59. And that job went to Sid Gilman, who was fired by the Rams. And Erdelatz was up for the Cal job, and that job went to none other than Marv Levy. Mm -hmm. So Erdelatz ends up here with the Raiders. Well, Sid Gilman hires Al Davis to be an assistant coach with the Chargers. In 1963, January of 
the Raiders hire Al Davis away from the Chargers. So I wonder, you know, if Erdelatz takes the Chargers job, how that all would have played out. It's weird, too. Does Mr. Davis still end up here at the Raiders or not? He was an assistant at USC, Al was at the time, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. And, and he think... also was in the Army and coached at Fort Belvoir and, and – uh, Citadel? You know, yeah. Yes, and uh, and he, you know, was uh, you know grew up in the the Sid Gilman system, you know, the vertical passing game and and power running and uh, you know I think he kind of understated it when he came in in 1963. He not only changed the um, the logo and the colors and everything else, he changed everything. Well, you think about too. Marv Levy takes the Cal job as you mentioned, and a former San Jose State end who is the coach at Washington High School in Fremont begs to get on his staff. And so Marv Levy gives Bill Walsh his first college job. And then who gave Bill Walsh his first pro job? Al Davis and uh, John Roush. Al Davis. Outstanding. All right. We're speaking with Jerry Knack. We can, I can sit here and talk about the Raiders uh, 24-7. And uh, uh, that's fine for me and Jerry, but maybe not for the whole crowd. We also want to talk about the fact that, uh, you know, you being a historian is pretty cool. But I thought since you're a, uh, an author now and I've known you a while, and this uh, show goes worldwide. We get uh, we get a little word out on the dark truth, book one, the Dark Passage series. And I know on the book, you've got uh, the Golden Gate Bridge at night in the background, and in the foreground is a very sexy woman. Uh, looks like her shirt is scantily clad. And um, from what I get, is that the Vampress Elizabeth? That is a representation of. The main character, Elizabeth, yes. All right. Now, first of all, okay, let's let's do a two-part question. What was the genesis behind the project? And then tell us the plot, please. I have been a fan of gothic horror, both literature, film, television, ever since I was a little kid. And I'm a natural storyteller. When I was growing up, I loved creative writing. When I was in the service, when I was uh, during uh, Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm, my letters home, I wrote in prose. Um, you know, I told short stories with them because I just thought, hey, I'm still alive here out in the middle of the Red Sea. It was kind of boring. Uh, and so I always thought, you know, maybe someday I'd like to write a book, you know, and I always idolized writers um, and authors. I'm a big Jack Kerouac fan, big Stephen King fan, Dean Koontz. I thought, you know, I, that's a table I'd like to sit at someday. And after the 2015 season, I decided, you know what, I'm going to make a run at this. And I started in January of 2016, and I sat down. I had a premise. I had a character in mind. For whatever reason, uh, and I can't explain it, I always thought I'd write a vampire story. My main character would be female. Uh, there's a, there's an allure there uh, to a, a female vampire character, and I thought that's what I would do. And I sat down and um, started with the premise. I started with the character, and it took off from there. So the idea is... A professional woman in San Francisco in her early 40s named Elizabeth is uh, stalked and kidnapped by a vampire, turned into one herself, and the rest of the story is what happens to her, how she comes to grips with what she is and how she has to survive. Uh, she's really not happy with the vampire who turned her, so she's out for bloody revenge, and she meets a lot of interesting people along the way, and it is very much set in modern-day San Francisco. It is the only... Uh, monster, if you like, that is sexy. I mean, we have little girls in love with vampires from Vampire Diaries to 
uh, the uh, what's it called? Eclipse or Twilight? That's what it is. The Twilight series. Yeah, all that. Uh, it's funny because no one wants to go on a date with Frankenstein or the Mummy. There's something about I don't know if it's biting on the neck or or whatever it is. It's a very sexy thing. Now you're entering a field. Um, this isn't a niche. This is a huge thing. So I'm sure publishers were saying, "Oh my gosh, these 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 vampire ideas are a dime a dozen. How is yours going to stick out? How were you able to accomplish that and have yours stick out outside of just a good book?" I think number one, it's written from first person female perspective, so you get to walk around in the story as this person. It's not written third person, you know, where you're where you're not immersed in the character. And I think I think that is what really makes it different is that you are experiencing this as she is experiencing it. And the other thing I'm doing is maybe not something that's new, but what I'm trying to do is bring back some of the mythology and the tropes from uh, vampire lore and mythology that's kind of been forgotten or legislated out of the genre. You know, there's there's myths about vampires having OCD and needing to count things. There's uh, the religious aspect seems to be legislated out of vampires. You know, crosses and churches and, and priests don't seem to have any effect anymore. Um, you know, silver was brought in in the Blade series, and I always thought, you know, Blade. I like the Blade series, but silver is a werewolf thing. Yeah. So, you know, every genre seems to have, you know, it's myths and rules and everything else. And, of course, it's fiction, so you can do whatever you want. Um, but I like to stick to the mythology, and I think I'm, uh, what I'm trying to do is bring back some of that stuff that's been forgotten. Now, for research, did you go out and bite a bat? <laughs> no, I'm not Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, I've collected a few volumes uh, over the years of, of books. There's a, a book out there called uh, The Encyclopedia of the Undead by a gentleman uh, named Melton. He's put out several editions of this, and mm-hmm. uh, it's collected uh, mythology and pop culture uh, about the vampire. And uh, what you find is every almost every culture around the world has a vampire myth. And then uh, I've read some Montague Summers who who did some stuff, um, you know, in the late uh, 1800s, early 1900s about, um, you know, basically tried to do some forensic research about vampires and why people believe in them. So um, I've done that and, and also, of course, consumed movies and books and television series over the years. How do you, and I know you, you're a regular guy, you're a veteran, as we talked about, uh, you're a sports guy. But how do you convince people when you say you're writing a book that you're not a little bit of a freak? Uh, I actually think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, um, on Raiders Road Trips for years, I would read these these thick novels, or or I'd bring some of my research material, and and my coworkers would look at me funny, and I'd get a little side eye. And then now that the book is out there, all like, uh huh, see, there was a method to that madness. I like the Neil uh, Lowe, best-selling author, says, Knack cracks the verbal whip with new vampire Elizabeth, the fast-paced action and dialogue sparkle. What's that like when a, uh, a peer has that to say about your project? I was I was stunned when uh, I got that from Mr. Lowe. Um, he is a uh, very successful uh, crime author uh, and uh, police detective in uh, in Seattle. And to read that from, from somebody... Um, who, who's a veteran in that in this type of prose um, was stunning, and it also told me, hey, I think I wrote something pretty good here. Where can we get the dark truth, Jerry? 
You can get the Dark Truth at Amazon.com. You can get it at BarnesandNoble.com, iTunes, Smashwords, and a few other uh, ebook outlets. And you can find all that information on my website, www.jerrynack.com. Has uh, if you go hit the link that says where to buy, that'll tell you all the different locations you can get it. That's Jerry with a J, and Nack is spelled K-N-A-A-K. Once again, K-N-A-A-K. We've been speaking with Jerry Nack. Who is the Raiders historian, also the author of the Dark Truth book, one of the Dark Passage series. Hey, Jerry, congratulations on the book, and uh, I'll see you, uh, well, I guess I'll see you in Napa, huh? Yeah, thanks a lot, Rick. I really appreciate the time here on the show, and, you know, I always give you a hard time about your last name, but uh, it's great to be on titillating sports with Rick Tittle. All right, thank you very much, and people in glass houses shouldn't throw rocks, Canuck. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Rick. Have a great weekend. I appreciate you having me on the show. Happy holidays, Jerry. I'll see you soon. Yep. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back.